With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Hello, America. Welcome. I hope you're doing great today and have blue skies wherever you are. The phone number, should you wish to be on the program, 877-973-7425. If you are calling, just be patient because I want to talk about the economy. We haven't in a while. And I think we need to spend a little bit of time because there's news about the economy that I find encouraging, as particularly as someone who has expected a recession. To begin with, I, I want to play for you some audio. This is Jamie Dimon. Jamie Dimon is the uh, what, what he's the head of what J.P. Morgan, and this clip. I want to play it in its entirety. You need to listen to Jamie Dimon. He's speaking at the Economic Club of Washington, D.C. It's the other way around. America has the best hand ever dealt of any country on this planet today, ever. Okay? And Americans don't fully appreciate what I'm about to say. We have peaceful, wonderful neighbors in Canada and Mexico. We've got the biggest military barriers ever built called the Atlantic and the Pacific. We have all the food, water, and energy we will ever need. Okay, we have the best military on the planet, and we will for as long as we have the best economy. And if you're a liberal, listen closely to me in that one, okay? because the Chinese would love to have our economy. We have the best universities on the planet. They're great ones elsewhere, but these are the best. We still educate uh, you know, most, of, most of the kids who start businesses around the world. We have a rule of law, which is exceptional. If you don't believe me, and we talk about Britain, Brazil, Russia, India, Venezuela, Argentina, uh, China, India, Believe me, it's not quite there. We have a, a magnificent work ethic. We have innovation from the core of our bones. You can ask anyone in this room, what can you do to be more productive? Ask your assistants, factory floors, we do it. It's not just the Steve Jobs, it's this broad death. We're the widest and deepest financial markets the world's ever seen, okay? And if you, I just made a list of these things, and maybe I missed something. It's extraordinary. It's extraordinary. And we have it today. Yes, we have problems, but you know, when I hear people down, if you travel around the world, I mean, get an airplane, travel around the world and go to all these other countries and tell me what you think. He's not wrong. There is a level of dour pessimism in the United States today on the left and the right. And it is twofold. It is outcomes-based and it's ignorance based. And I don't mean ignorance pejoratively, but it's outcomes based in that people on the left and the right, if they don't get what they want from Washington or from a state government, they decide they hate it. There's some deserved hatred for government, but a lot of it is they want power. If they don't get the power they want, they hate that institution depriving them of power. We saw it with Donald Trump in the election in 2020 in the Electoral College. We see it with the left when it comes to the Senate, the courts, and even a lot of Republican states. 
And then there's an ignorance base to the pessimism, and that is uh, a lot of Americans are not well-traveled. They haven't been to other countries, to Diamond's Point, to see what these other countries are like. And also, increasingly, we are isolated in bubbles of our own creation of like-minded people, and we don't know people who think differently than we do, and it becomes easier to hate them or uh, imply bad motives to them. In fact, progressives are worse at this than conservatives because progressives have isolated themselves by choice more than conservatives. As a conservative, you're more likely to encounter a progressive than a progressive is to encounter a conservative. If you're a conservative, you probably live in a, a rural, exurban, or suburban area, and, and you might commute to somewhere where a lot of progressives live. If you're a progressive, you never go out and venture into the heartland. You've isolated yourself, but conservatives are increasingly isolating themselves. And we also, sometimes we, we can't really put into perspective what's going on. Now, there is a reason for some pessimism of late, and you do need to appreciate this since Joe Biden became president and provoked this inflationary nightmare, wages have fallen behind inflationary pressures. And only in July, only at the beginning of this month, did we get data that suggested in June the tide had turned and now wages are catching up to inflation. Not everybody is, but we do have data out there. In June, the share of Americans reporting pay losses fell from uh, to 10.6% from 10.8%. That means that in addition to people losing income, people who are out of work, it, it's fallen. On top of that, people whose paychecks have now caught up to inflationary pressures, have been, they, a lot of people have given been given pay raises. Not everybody, but a lot of people. And so they're catching up. So that pessimism in pay is starting to recede. But here's the other data. This gets to Jamie Dimon's point, and, and we don't talk about this enough. We have the fastest growth rate of any of the G7 countries. Now, who are the G7? These are the big industrial countries, France, Italy, the United Kingdom, Japan, Canada, and Germany. We are growing faster than those companies or than those countries. We also have lower inflation than any of these countries. The UK has the highest. Italy, Germany, the European Union area, France, Japan, Canada, we have the lowest of all of them. In fact, we are receding and it's projected to be back below 2%. Interestingly enough, though, we have one of the worst economic sentiments out there among the people, as it should be, in large part because we're just turning the tide on inflation and people don't feel it. We're just turning the, the, the tide on wages and people don't feel it. But also, there is this expectation for more. Now, let, let me paint a broader picture for you here. China, I am in the camp that believes China is a nation in decline, not ascendant. And that, in fact, a lot of what President Xi is doing in China is to hold on to what China has 
China is a nation of nations, and that's often not appreciated. There are There's a lot of regionalism in China, and there's also the, a lot of young men who can't find women because they all got aborted back in the 70s and 80s. And, and they've got this anxiety and this angst, and there's got to be harnessed towards a nationalism. And that nationalism falls away as the country is revealed to be in decline, which is why President Xi is militarily focused on Taiwan and an expansionist policy. President Xi needs more land and territory to expand into, to bring into a system in decline, to offset the declines. But he's still declining. His country is still declining. And to Jamie Dimon's point, we have the best military because we have the best economy. But there's something else underlying all of this. And it gets to another point he made. Your run-of-the-mill Joe Blow, American, has a greater work ethic and a greater intuition about what works and what doesn't than pretty much anyone else on planet Earth today. We talk down about our education system, and it is bad. We talk down about the work ethic of younger Americans, and it is bad. But it's still better than everyone else. We measure ourselves against ourselves, and then it makes our, us dour. But you measure us against the rest of the world, and that's still we're, we're still better than everybody else. And we shouldn't be ashamed of that. And there are elements on the left that want to degrade us further, that want to wind us down. And that's Diamond's point. If you heard him say in, the, in his speech that if you're a liberal, you got to pay attention to this. we got the best military as long as we have the best economy. There are a lot of liberals whose economic solutions would degrade our economy further and advance a socialist end in this country. And it's not a coincidence that our country, as, as far as it's gotten to integration of the government and the economy, is still better off than any of the G7 countries. We are far less socialistic than they are. And there are things we can do to innovate further. There are things we can do to speed our economy up, and that is disentangle government and the private sector. Allow more innovation. Allow more deregulation. Allow David to slay Goliath instead of surrounding Goliath with regulations that prevent David from ever having the opportunity to slay Goliath. But y'all, we're still the United States of America. We remain the most prosperous country to have ever existed on the planet. And that prosperity is ongoing. I told you guys the other day, I got an email from, from a guy who's deeply pessimistic about the country. He doesn't like the country, doesn't think we're a good country. He says, I'm a Christian and I just happen to live here and I have no loyalty to the United States, a nation that slaughters babies, a, a nation that does all the, these wrong things. We're not a perfect nation. But we're always in quest to be a more perfect nation. This nation is not perfect. And it does have sins. It does have things that it has done and is doing wrong. But my goodness, for 40 years, the pro-life movement advanced in this country and ultimately was able to end Roe v. Wade. And a number of states have now passed pro-life measures. 
We are more perfect than we were two years ago when it comes to life. And you hate this country? We're a really good country. We've got a really great economy. Could our economy be better? Yes. Are we leaving people behind? Yes. Is there room for improvement? Yes. Should we be measuring ourselves against ourselves instead of other nations? Yes. But can we look and see what other nations are doing and realizing how far ahead we are? Yes. We're still a profoundly good nation. We're still a profoundly good people. What I find most disturbing about the trends, though, is how much more likely we are to be isolated from people who disagree with us politically and therefore more prone to hate the people we disagree with politically and find them evil because we disagree because we've made a moral choice on abortion or whatnot and they've chosen the other other way. We don't view ourselves and them as all sinners. We view them as evil and us as good, which is a profound mistake. When we view fellow Americans as evil as opposed to they have see the world differently and we should persuade them that our side is right, uh, we mess up. We, this is one of the things I think Republican candidates are doing badly right now is they're making an intellectual exercise out of conservatism and conservative policy as opposed to just connecting with people, as opposed to connecting with their neighbors. To persuade neighbors that our side is right, you don't need an intellectual debate. You don't need to tell them how immoral or sinful or evil they are. You need to tell them our way is better. We can sustain this country and look at how good we already are and we could be even better and China is in perpetual catch-up mode and we should keep them there. Those don't amount to intellectual arguments. They amount to loving your neighbor and convincing your neighbor to come on board our ideas, but also reminding everyone that at the end of the day, we are still the best country economically. We are still the best country in terms of freedom, the best country in terms of rule of law, and we together must commit to keep those things the best. And if we decide that our neighbor is the enemy, or worse, evil, because they view the world differently from us, we're going to wind up like everyone else instead of recognizing the unique goodness and supremacy, frankly, of the United States of America. We have a lot to be thankful for, even as, yes, we could always be more perfect and better. Greetings. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. I I, I got to tell you, um, there, there's a level of self-absorption among most politicians, I think. But one of the, the weirdest things I have seen in a while is Bill de Blasio and, and Shalane McRae. Bill de Blasio, the former mayor of New York who ran for president, they're separating. They're not getting a divorce. They're separating. They both intend to date women and intend to live together under the same roof. This is the weirdest. Uh, why? Who cares? Um, but instead of going to a therapist, they, they, they had their open therapy session in the New York Times. This is, I, I can't believe they devoted as much coverage to this. I'm devoting coverage to you, but how weird these people are. About two months ago, after another stale Saturday night of binge-watching television of their Brooklyn home, Bill de Blasio and Shirlene McRae surprised themselves. It began with an offhand remark. Why aren't you lovey-dovey anymore, Mr. de Blasio? The former mayor asked. It moved quickly, both said, into the sort of urgently searching dialogue that had been necessary for years but avoided until that moment. You can't fake it, Ms. McRae said Tuesday. From their kitchen table, you can feel when things are off, Mr. de Blasio said. And you don't want to live that way. They made their decision that night. They're separating. They're not planning to divorce, they said, but will date other people. 
They will continue to share the Park Slope townhouse where they raise their two children, the vinyl-sided hub of a thoroughly modern political family whose mixed-race symbolism helped send a spindly, progressive long shot to City Hall. As with much about their marriage, its strain is imbued with civic resonance a decade after the pair became what was then the most significant and dissected racial couple in American politics. We live in a really narcissistic age. The idea that you want to sit down with the New York, instead of going to marriage counseling, they want to bring the New York Times in and do a therapeutic session with a reporter. I, I just, I'm, I'm, this is sad. Sad. Do you not value your marriage enough? The privacy of it's just it's it's weird too. It's sad and it's weird and weird and sad that the New York Times would go along with this and and they're literally running a a big story about a separation of a couple who intend to live together still but date differently. This isn't going to end well for anybody. It's just what a ridiculous thing. I, I, marriage should be more than that. Ugh, gross. All right, let's move on. I want to tell you before we do move on about Vision Computer. Now, listen, let me talk to you if you're a small businessman because I am one. I am a small businessman. Uh, the syndication part of my company or of my show is my company. I have employees and we have computers. Now, if you're in that situation and you can't afford to be your IT guy but you need somebody to help, you need Vision Computers because they can build your computer for you and for your employees, build them what they need and what they want, and make them last and be upgradable so you're not constantly going to a big box store buying new computers. But then here's the genius of it all. They also serve as your tech support. So your secretary who has an email problem, she's not having to interrupt you to come fix her her IMAP account or her POP account. She can call Vision Computer and they can do it over the phone remotely in many cases, help her with her printer, do it for every employee in your office. They can build your computers and service them. They can be your IT department and they do it reasonably. You're not going to break the bank with Vision Computer. You can do this for your home as well. You and your kids need computers and need IT support for the computers. Do it with Vision. Call them at 404 Computer. They actually answer the phone. They don't put you in the, the waiting hell where you're pressing one, pressing two, no hob less, you'll press three, whatever. Vision Computer answers the phone. 404 Compute or visioncomputers.com. 404 Compute. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the show, let's go to Craig, who's been waiting patiently. Craig, welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. Uh, hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Uh, you know, been better, been worse, but all things considered. Um, I w- well, I wanted to preface my comment by pointing to the law that just passed the House in Michigan, making it a felony to misgender someone. Yeah. And I wanted to, it was just another example with the whole transgender thing of how the left is like the board from Star Trek. They're like this hive mind of drones with no room for individual thought or identity, whose only goal is to assimilate everyone else into their collective. And if they can't assimilate you, then they'll do their best to destroy you. I mean, their 24 model might as well be resistance is futile. And it doesn't take a lot of imagination to see Hillary Clinton as a board queen. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, or Nancy Pelosi one. Yes. Uh, yeah, there was, a, there was a guy once who wrote a book called You Will Be Made to Care uh, about the left trying to force uh, people to to care, not just care about issues, but care in the right way. And you you do see this. Now, for those of you who don't know what Craig's talking about, Michigan's House Representatives has advanced legislation. It's gone to the Michigan Senate that would punish people for misgendering someone as a hate crime in light of the uh, 303 creative case in the Supreme Court, it's absolutely unconstitutional for them to do it. I mean, we didn't need that case to know it. Uh, misgendering someone, if I want to call Ellen Page Ellen Page because she actually is a she and was Ellen Page until she decided she's a boy, um, there's nothing anybody can do about it. There's the First Amendment. Now, she legally changed her name to Elliot Page, so maybe Elliot in the same way. So I kind of take that rule with Bruce Jenner, for example. Bruce Jenner legally changed his name to Caitlyn Jenner. And I do have to be mindful, Caitlyn Jenner is a he and not a she, um, but Bruce legally changed his name to Caitlyn. So Caitlyn Jenner is a he, which is discombobulating because Caitlyn is a girl's name. And Elliot Page is a she, even though she legally changed her name to a boy's name. It's very confusing, but that's all part of what they they play off of is that level of confusion. The media does these in so many things. So I'm reading this during commercial break. I wasn't going to talk about this, but here it is. Uh, Noah Rothman in National Review writing about these this media coverage of how climate change is making living on the coast insufferable with with uh nuisance flooding during the summer and high tides and the like and they point to new jersey and how in new jersey people can't go to the beach anymore because of global warming causing higher sea levels and Noah rothman says this is very curious since i live here and the beaches have been slammed it's contrary to all the evidence that we're seeing it's like so i like to go to hilton head one day I would like to have a house in Sea Pines in Hilton Head on the beach. We like to go there for spring break. Uh, I like to take my family and invite friends to go with us, get a big house that has a pool and a hot tub. And I stay up all night in the hot tub, smoking cigars and watching the meteor showers. My kids like to go to the beach. I don't like to go to the beach, y'all. I, I, it's, it's funny. I like to go to the beach. I like to go to Hilton Head because I like to play golf and drink beer and, and smoke cigars in the hot tub at night and watch Suiting Stars. And I like Hilton Head. It's it's my happy place. It's where I go to relax. But I hate the beach. Have you seen me? The mere thought of the sun makes me sunburn. My kids, however, like to go to the beach. They like to ride bikes on the beach. They like to be in the pool. I'd like to have a, a beach house. I'd like to be able to open it up for free. It's not one of those rentals. Just say, hey, we got a beach house. You need to go relax for a week with your family. Go. One day, good Lord willing, I'll have a beach house in Hilton Head. And I read these stories about these coastal cities, including Hilton Head, how they're unlivable. They've gotten too hot. They're too miserable. People are leaving. No one's coming. They flood. I go to Hilton Head for a week every spring, and occasionally in the fall we like to go. And I haven't seen this, this coastal nuisance flooding they keep telling me is happening. I haven't seen I wish people would leave Hilton. Do you know what it's like? So for those of you who've never been, it's a lot like other coastal places. There is one way on and off the island. There is a U.S. highway that goes over the intercoastal waterway. Now, for those of you who live in the interior of the country, along the, the 
outside of the country along the coast, there's something called the Intercoastal Waterway, which is essentially a man-made canal system so that barges can float around from Texas all the way up down Florida around and up the East Coast uh, without going into the ocean because they get tipped over or messed up by the waves. So you have this thing called the Intercoastal Waterway. And to get across the Intercoastal Waterway in a car, you have to go over very high bridges because big ships use the Intercoastal Waterway. The only way into Hilton Head is the Intercoastal Waterway. And it is backed up all the time. On the weekends in particular, because a lot of the rental houses there, you have to go on a Saturday or a Sunday and you stay for seven days and you leave. And traffic on the weekends is a nightmare. I wish people were scared of global warming and, and nuisance flooding and would leave places like that so I could have the place to myself. Like, we don't go to 30A. There's this strip of beach on the Florida coast, on the panhandle, called 30A. You may have heard of Rosemary Beach or, um, oh, they, they, what of Santa Rosa Beach, uh, Alice Beach. They got all these beaches. That, that uh, community, if you ever saw the movie The Truman Show, that was filmed down there in one of those, those communities on 30A. I've been there once to Rosemary Beach, and it was gorgeous. It was absolutely gorgeous. I had never before in my life seen ocean water that was just crystal clear and blue. You could get in the water and see to the bottom. You could see your feet. I ne- That's the only time I've ever seen that at the ocean. In Hilton Head, there are so many rivers that deposit on both sides of it. The beach is kind of muddy. I'd never seen that clear blue water like that. It was gorgeous. But my gosh, the people. There were so many people. The houses are built on top of each other. You can't go in your backyard without somebody in the neighbor's house staring out into the pool. In Hilton Head, you've got at least hedges around you and nobody sees each other. You can go to Hilton Head and don't see people. 30A was the most claustrophobic experience of my life. People on top of people on top of people. It was not relaxing at all. There were too many people. And they're still showing up. But the media wants you to believe that no one is going to the beach anymore because of flooding and because of global warming and because it's too hot. Never mind, there's a thing called air conditioning, one of the greatest inventions of the 20th century. Air conditioning. They don't want you to understand these basic facts of life. And then they want you to know that all the hurricanes are coming and we're going to have horrible hurricane season. You know, so we went to Hilton Head a few years ago and a hurricane had come through. Hilton Head has never had a direct hit from a hurricane, to my knowledge. And the locals say it's because of the way the rivers flow out on either side of Hilton Head. It kind of affects the currents of the water temperatures. And so they are grazed by hurricanes. They've had some impacts of hurricanes that landed in Savannah or they've landed in Charleston. They've had damage, but they've never had massive big ones in Hilton Head, although who knows? Maybe they will. But these fear scenarios from the media about global warming. Now, listen, I would love a mountain house, too. I am taking next week. I won't be here next week. Or well, I'll be here next week until next Friday. My wife and I have not had a vacation without taking our children since 2013. Yes, a decade ago, I had to speak at the Oxford Union at Oxford University in London, I, or in, in Oxford. I was in a debate. My side won the debate. I was the closeout speaker. It was a cool thing, and I got to take my wife to it. I had to have a tux and everything to debate in the Oxford debate. It was a really cool opportunity. But we have not been without our children on a trip since 2000. 
13 in London until this coming week. I'm taking my wife to the mountains. Uh, we were going to go up to Asheville, North Carolina, but literally every friend I know when I said we were going to Asheville is like, oh my gosh, the homeless population up there has gotten so terrible. Be prepared to be accosted by homeless people. So instead, we're going to go up to Lake Burton. Uh, Lake Burton is in North Georgia. It's in the mountains. It's beautiful. We love it. Uh, my wife, As much as my kids want a beach house in Hilton Head, my wife wants a lake house on Lake Burton or up in the mountains with no neighbors, and we're going to go up there. And I hear this from the media all the time that the mountains are going to be hot and insufferable and the lakes are going to be hot and insufferable and the ocean's going to be hot and insufferable. And apparently there's nowhere on the planet that is safe from global warming. The media just wants us to be miserable. And I have had enough of the dour pessimism of the media when it comes to these sorts of things. Go live your life. Go live your life. If you want to live at the beach, your insurance rate may go up because of hurricanes. And yes, there is occasional coastal flooding. Why coastal flooding? Because you're at the beach. And in Miami, Florida, where the coastal flooding is, you know the reason that there's coastal flooding in Miami? It has no, it really doesn't have a lot to do with global warming. Miami is sinking. It literally is sinking into the ground. And by the way, there are civil works projects. The Dutch, like a third of the land of the Dutch is below sea level. And they manage just fine. We can adapt as well in this country. Miami, you could build a seawall if you wanted to, although people really like the beach there. I don't blame them. It's a nice beach. But this media horror story, the, the diluvian horrors of the press, we're all going to die from a flood of the beach. Nobody's going to the beach anymore. I wish people would stop going to the beach. I wish people would stop going to the mountains where I like to go. People like to go where I like to go, and I would prefer it without people. Why? Because people are stupid, and I don't want to be around them, but I've got to be around them. And next week, I'm going to take my wife to the mountains, and we're going to have a good time and not worry about we're all going to die because of global warming. Now, David, I'm going to go to you. Oh, David, you there? Oh, nope. Somebody picked up the phone with David before I could get to David. What's going on here with David? We'll see. Never mind. We'll move on. All right. The phone number, 877-973-7425. David was going to tell me how awesome Hilton Head was that his sister lives there. But... In any event, uh, we can move on to other things. When we come back, I do want to spend time on this Associated Press story that has come out today about how the nation is dividing up. It goes to what I was talking about earlier, uh, but I keep going off all these global warming tirades because I dare to go to break and read a story that I didn't see in show prep, and it's an intriguing story. Uh, so this Noah Rothman story that kicked me off into this whole tirade about global warming, listen to this. Coastal towns in New Jersey and Florida that are typically popular in the summer are becoming unpleasant and unsafe as they've hit sunny day floods, which is flooding that occurs due to rising seas as opposed to storms, according to Axios, with a verdict rendered by Project Drawdown senior climate scientist Kate Marvel. Her number one message is that nowhere is safe. However, Nowhere in the piece do they offer any evidence of an increase in sunny day floods, which have been seasonal and throughout the history in these parts of New Jersey and Florida for most of the last century. And in fact, for all of the bellyaching about nowhere is safe and no one's going to the beach anymore, the summer season of 2022 was a record-setting season for people attending the beach. And of those sunny day floods, they're called nuisance floods in New Jersey. An increase in the number of high tide floods has been projected for years. 
A 2021 Associated Press report detailed the experience of Bayhead, New Jersey, a bayside town adjacent to the tourist destination of Point Pleasant Beach. The municipality has conducted a review of the nuisance flooding, and turns out it happens 12 to 18 times a year. But it's been happening for decades. It's not a new thing. And future-proofing will be a civil engineering project that the town itself can afford to do. They don't find it to be a burden. And yet you got these people in the media scaring the bejesus out of everyone over coastal flooding and these environmentalists screaming doomsday scenarios. The problem is the doomsday prophets don't live at the beach. And those of you listening right now on WOKV in Jacksonville or down in Florida, wherever you might be, you're living on the beach right now. Is it the third world hellhole the media is telling you it is? No. How do I know Clark Howard lives at the beach? If you know who Clark Howard is, there's no way he's living at the beach if it's a third world hellhole. As long as he's got a goodwill to shop at, his wife's happy in their beach house, and it's not some torn down, dilapidated thing prone to flooding. But the media would have you believe it is. You cannot believe the American press corps. They are bought and paid for these days by liberals who embed environmental social justice activists as reporters and lie to you to scare you into thinking doom is upon us unless you give up your very existence. Nonsense, I say. Nonsense. Patriot Mobile fights against these nonsensical wokes out there, and they do it by giving you great cell phone service in exchange for your business. All you do, you call Patriot Mobile, 972-PATRIOT, 100% U.S.-based customer service, 972-PATRIOT. You can tell them I sent you and get free activation, and they give you great cell service. And then they take a portion of their profits and fund the causes you care about. On top of that, you can go to PatriotMobile.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, and you can do it online. You don't even have to talk to people. You just do it online. Move your cell service to them. You can take your existing phone number to them or get a new phone number. If you have an unlocked phone, you can take that to them as well. It's patriotmobile.com slash Eric or 972-PATRIOT. They share your values. They share your convictions, and they fund the causes you care about. As you help them grow their profits, they grow the conservative movement. Patriotmobile.com slash Eric or 972-PATRIOT. Hi there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Have you ever been to Rome? Never been to ancient Greece or not ancient Greece, but Greece and seen the ancient monuments there. Gorgeous, gorgeous places. Wonderful food. A friend of mine took his family, surprised them actually. He had to go to Europe for some meetings in the last couple weeks, and he took his whole family with him, surprised him, got Airbnbs, uh, did London, Edinburgh, Cornwall, Oxford, then went to Paris, uh, and then went took a train from Paris down to Milan and did Florence. They went to Rome for a day, stayed at Airbnbs everywhere, said they just had a wonderful time, and I was able to give them restaurant recommendations in a lot of the cities they went to. Well, a tourist has apologized to the people of Rome, Ivan Dimitrov. He carved, used his keys to carve into the stone of the Colosseum his love for his girlfriend. He says he had no idea the Colosseum was over 2,000 years old. I admit with deepest embarrassment that it was only after what regrettably happened that I learned of the monument's antiquity. <sighs> 31 years old, wrote the letter on July 4th, 
portions of it were published in the Roman newspaper El Messaggero. In it, Dimitrov acknowledged the seriousness of the deed I committed and offered his heartfelt and sincere apologies to Italians and the entire world for the damage done to a monument which is, in fact, heritage of all humanity. The carving came to light last month after a fellow tourist filmed him scratching in Ivan plus Haley 23623 into a brick on a wall of the Colosseum. The video went viral. Admonished by the videotaker, Dimitri carried on. The brick that was defaced was actually part of a wall built in the mid-19th century restoration. Oh, my gosh. Um, he was eventually identified by the Italian police uh, who cross-checked the two lovers' names with registered guests in Rome and found they were in an Airbnb. This guy, I'm take him to the Colosseum and feed him to the lions. What an idiot. Good Lord. People are stupid. Literally carving on the Colosseum, he and his girlfriend's love. <laughs> All right. All right, before I get out of here, i got to tell you about Omaha Steaks. They're running a great special right now, omahasteaks.com. Put Eric in the search bar. You can get their uh, gourmet package. It is a great starter pack to get you introduced to Omaha Steaks. Check out the 100% satisfaction guarantee. I grilled chicken last night from Omaha. Okay, I take that back. I, I Well, no, I grilled the chicken, just not for supper. I grilled the chicken, so now I'm going to have to use it for chicken salad because I got home and it was pouring down rain, and I wasn't going to stand at the grill with it raining as hard as it was but I did cook the chicken and it's great chicken, juicy, tender, boneless chicken breast. You get it all in this pack, including the bacon wrap flays, the caramel apple tartlets, and you get eight burgers for free and they're delicious Omaha steak burgers. You go to omahasteaks.com and you put Eric, E-R-I-C-K in the search bar and you get all this delicious food and 100% satisfaction guarantee from omahasteaks.com.